Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us on this third Sunday in Advent. <clears throat> As you'll see, the Latin term taken from the introit is Gaudita Sunday. This is a Sunday of rejoicing, a Sunday where we light that rose-colored candle, or pink, depending on how you want to call it, a Sunday where the penitential mood of Advent is lightened somewhat as we rejoice in the love of Christ that we have despite all of our trials and difficulties, the promises of Christ coming to us in word and sacrament, and also the promise of his return on the last day to take us to himself. And so then we rejoice. And I'll direct your attention into the inside of the back cover of your bulletin where we have that focused on Christ section, a summary of our readings in the service this day. The voice of John the baptizer cried out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. John called the people to be made ready for the Messiah's coming through repentance, for all flesh is grass. Now, he asks from prison, are you the one who is to come? Jesus' works bear witness that he is. The sick are made well, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Their iniquity is pardoned. They have received from the Lord's hand double forgiveness for all their sins. The stewards of the mysteries of God still deliver Christ's overflowing forgiveness to the poor in spirit, comforting God's people with the word of the gospel which stands forever. This gospel produces rejoicing among all those who believe. Our service this day is the Office of Matins as it begins on page 219. We now sing the first hymn. And I'll also have you note uh, that we do have a special seasonal antiphon when we come to it. It's also included on the worship insert. The Old Testament reading for the third Sunday in Advent is from Isaiah, chapter 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry. And I said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be God. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 4. This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. 
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. When John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in kings' houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, dear saints, we've come to it. The third Sunday in Advent, Gaudetus Sunday, a Sunday of rejoicing. And it is on this third Sunday in the season that we meet John the Baptist, although this meeting is not what we might think. Now, most Christians who live in the year-to-year motion of the church year and its reading have some familiarity with John the Baptist. But, again, John is not where we expect to find him. You see, John had stood in the wilderness with his unbending, unyielding character, and boldly proclaimed Jesus as the Messiah, the long-promised Savior. He had pointed to the Christ and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We must remember, of course, that the only way that lambs take away sins is to be sacrificed. Keep in mind also that John is not like a certain man of modern Christmas lore who wants to know whether or not you've been naughty or nice. Instead, John says, look, the Lamb of God. He will be consumed in his Father's wrath and given over to feel the pangs of hell itself. And all of this is for sins he did not commit, for your sins and mine. In this way, he will take away your sins, and he will open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. You see, it was... John, who infected Jesus with our sins. We don't often think of it in those terms, and yet it is true. Now, how did he do this? Well, he poured the filthy baptismal waters of the Jordan on him. Those waters were filthy because John was drenching Jesus with our sins. It was his anointing. John anointed Jesus for death and prepared him for slaughter. He marked him with our filth, our iniquity, our uncleanness. This Lamb of God, upon whom the Holy Spirit descended visibly in the form of a dove, and with whom the Father was well pleased, he is also the scapegoat, the one who would be exiled and forsaken. Jesus is the incense, the pleasing aroma of whose sacrifice ascends to the Father in heaven. He is the great high priest who performs all these sacred duties for all the people, both Jews and Gentiles alike. Christ Jesus is himself the mercy seat, the one who shields us from the condemnation of God's law. He is the Redeemer, 
who gives himself into slavery as a ransom for our sin. And we are bought back with his holy, precious blood and innocent suffering and death on the cross. And so you see, Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, we know both John and Jesus well. However, in today's gospel lesson, John is not found in the wilderness, nor is he by the River Jordan. Instead, John is in King Herod's prison. He had stepped on the wrong toes. His fierce preaching of the law, well, it needed an exception for powerful people, but there was none, and there shouldn't be. You see, the law always accuses. It always kills. God's law is always antagonistic towards sinners. Now, of course, John, he could have lied. He could have spun things like politicians or even some church leaders today are prone to do. John could have pretended that there was a loophole for royalty, but he didn't do that. John told the clear, undistorted truth. It was John, then, who became himself a sacrificial lamb, about to feel the consequences of wounding King Herod's pride. See, he was more than a prophet. John straddled two worlds, Old Testament and New. But he, too, would not live to see that which the prophets and kings of old had longed to see, the very thing which he himself foretold, the Lamb of God lifted up from the earth for the redemption of the world. Hearing all of this, I want to ask you a question this morning. Does all of this fill John with fear and with doubt? Now, some people are real quick to say that, that that's not possible. It couldn't be. After all, John is not a reed shaken by the wind. Jesus said he was greatest born of women. But we can only say that about John if we're speaking about his new man, that is, his new creation apart from his old sinful nature. The new man, again, the new creation who arises clean, justified from the waters of holy baptism, does not sin or doubt. But John had not yet been transferred from this veil of tears to heavenly glory. Not yet. And so he was both old and new man, as we all are, struggling against his fallen flesh, even as he preached to all, like him, struggled. See, that is what it means to repent. To daily drown the old Adam, the old sinful nature, turning away from sin and clinging in faith and trust to Jesus Christ and to his promises. Repentance and faith in Christ, these were the heart and core of John's preaching and teaching. You know, it might seem strange on a Sunday of rejoicing to speak so much of fear and doubt, and yet it fits with Advent. Because Christ Jesus is the source of our rejoicing in the midst of sadness, in the midst of a fallen world, in the midst of our battle against the sinful flesh. You see, dear saints, faith is not the absence of doubt. The absence of doubt belongs only to the dead, those in the kingdom of heaven or those in the darkness of hell. Here on earth, whether we are old man or new creation, redeemed by Christ or unbelievers who only have that old man in us, doubt is always a part of us. But faith is not the absence of doubt. Faith is the mastery of doubt. Now, this is what I mean when I say that. You see, the new man, the new creation, and the baptized Christian says, I believe, even as the old sinful Adam whispers, well, maybe not. Faith then speaks, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. It's one of my favorite prayers in the Bible. Faith subdues doubt. 
Faith acts and confesses the promises of God in spite of doubt. And in this, faith is not really much different from its related virtue, courage, which also acts despite the presence of fear. It is not doubt in any case that sends John's questions to Jesus. It is faith. Faith desires to hear the word of God, the promises of God. Faith seeks comfort in the only place that true comfort exists, and that's in the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. To think that this comfort was only for John's disciples, that that thinks too little of John's faith and of the comfort that our Lord provides to those who suffer on his behalf. Like a child asking his mother if she loves him, John asks Jesus, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? He knows the answer to that question already, but what he seeks is reassurance. He seeks comfort from the only place that he's going to receive it truly. And so our Lord says, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, but all flesh is grass. It withers and fades, it dies, but I am the coming one, and I am coming for you, John. You are a prophet and more than a prophet, but I am leaving you in prison. Your affliction will not be healed on this side of the grave. You will not behold miracles, but I am the coming, the Messiah, the long-expected hope and consolation of Israel, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, yes, and also for you. But I am not coming there to the prison to rescue you from your martyr's fate, for you are a strong reed, John. You will not bend your faith it has consequences in this fallen world. The winds of Herod's impenitence and greed, they will snap you in two, but your faith, that is my gift to you, it will see you through it all. Your iniquity and your uncleanness are already pardoned. Yes, you are more than a prophet. By violence, your warfare will end, but you will come to your reward. John, I will gather you to myself. You will find soft radiant clothing in a king's house called by my father's name. For there you will sit at the banquet table with your fathers, washed in my blood. Herod can't really do you any harm, not truly. So do not be afraid. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers they are cleansed and the deaf hear. The poor have the gospel, the good news preached to them. And the miracle that will be yours is the most significant of all. The dead are raised. That old sinful man, he'll be left in the grave. And the final victory bestowed upon you and all those who believe in me. And so, we have cause to rejoice. For you see, beloved in the Lord, that is you. And it is also me. What Jesus says of John, he also says of you and me before the throne of our Father in heaven. As Isaiah put it in today's Old Testament reading, the warfare has ended. And our iniquity, your iniquity, is pardoned. And we have received from the Lord's hand double for all our sin. That is, we have received grace upon grace, both for now and unto everlasting life. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God which surpasses understanding, keep and watch your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come and help us by your might, that the sins which weigh us down may be quickly lifted by your grace and mercy. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For joy at all times and reasonableness of word and deed, that all may recognize our Christian confidence in Christ's advent, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our pastors, that they would regard themselves as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God, and that they may be found trustworthy as they carry out their duties, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For persecuted Christians everywhere, that they would be comforted in their hardships and emboldened to persevere in confessing the blessed and saving word of God, which stands forever. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Congress and the justices of our nation, Joseph, our president, Michael, our governor, and all others in positions of civil authority, that they may diligently administer their duties in all godly wisdom, justice, compassion, and contentment for the well-being of our nation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who are recovering, sick, shut in, and grieving, especially Barb Lyon, Shirley Dover, Chuck Taney, John Motman, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that as the day draws near when blind eyes see, deaf ears hear, lame legs leap, and mute tongues sing for joy, God would grant them healing according to his gracious will. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For faith to believe Christ's blessed testament, seek his holy supper for the forgiveness of our sins, and confess his truth with honest hearts in the communion of this altar. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Hear us, Heavenly Father, for the sake of Christ Jesus our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Again, good morning and welcome to you on this Rejoice Sunday. As we continue to rejoice that the good news is preached to us, that Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, is indeed our Redeemer, and He has done it. And so we continue to wait in faith for his return on the last day, praying that that might be, well, today, if the Lord would will it. As we look into our uh, coming week here at the calendar, of course, uh, Sunday school, well, uh, that's, a, that's actually a good thing to bring up. Sunday school today will actually be a rehearsal for the um, children's Christmas program that's coming up on Christmas Eve. And then also that brings me to another point that um, there'll be some discussion happening. Is this after the service today, yes or no? I'm looking to one of the ladies. Uh, there's some discussion that's going to be had here uh, either today or in the coming weeks regarding a uh, Sunday school teacher to kind of cover us until Jacqueline is able to return. She's gone until the spring. And so then uh, uh, we'll have to figure out what we're going to do in the coming months, um, either whether it be a rotation or whatnot. I'll, I'll leave that to the volunteers to decide um, in the, uh, the upcoming months for Sunday school. But then there'll also be adult Bible study today, this coming Tuesday, circuit pastors meeting. It's all the way up in Macon, so I do expect to be gone most of the day for that uh, with Theology on Tap in the evening. And please note that this is the special uh, Theology on Tap. We tried to do this last year. COVID got in the way. Um, we're going to have men and women together in the auditorium this Tuesday at 7 p.m. Uh, for a special uh, Bible study on uh, Fear Not, Angelic Messengers, and Christ's Incarnation. Uh, and the event is bring your own beverage as I'm all literally tapped out. Uh, so um, please note that also. Uh, this coming Wednesday, our midweek school continues along with our uh, midweek prayer services. Uh, we've got the schedule listed there in the bulletin. 
And then Thursday, don't forget also choir, or not choir, handbell practice at 6 p.m. Christmas cards available. They continue to be available in the card rack in the library, so please see those as you uh, have desire. And if you have any questions, do let Louise know, and she's happy to help you. Anything that I may have missed, it's a busy season, so sometimes things fall through the cracks. Well, God's peace as we continue to go uh, in that good news of a Savior who is Christ. I'll greet you at the door.